from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Black Conservative Federation defends Trump's remarks about the black community. That's a little unusual. Looks like there's a bunch of activists who want to save the Wedgwood Cedar. That is also a little unusual, but you know it's not unusual, Mr. John Curley. No. No, it become commonplace. It's not unusual. <laughs> John, why did you mock my first class experience on Thursday? I didn't mock it. Yes, I'm you just did. One upping you. No, no, just one upping you. <laughs> there was a so I flew for first class for the first time in my life on Thursday evening, and I was they so. They warn you, you'll never go back, baby. I was you'll so never go back. I was so excited. I was so pleased, and I thought, who am I going to reach out to in my life? I was a drug addict, homeless. Oh, you know what I mean? Here we go. Uh, <laughs> survivor of yeah, yeah. extreme levels of poverty. You know what I mean? Got sober without the use of rehabilitation. I mean, just, you know, worked my way up through the radio business. Finally got me a radio contract in the big city. Who am I going to tell that I'm flying first class? Well, of course, I tell Spike O'Neill, who is nothing short of encouraging and grateful. And then I go to my good friend, John, a man who I love deeply as a Mm. very close friend, a man who I have defended ad nauseum against all haters and detractors, despite the horrible, awful things they say about him. And what does he do to pay me? I he goes. I go, John. I'm flying first class. Such a big deal. He sends me a screenshot of his first class seat, which was one A. Right, because I was going to be flying the next day. <laughs> you calling me and telling me I'm sitting in first class, like me calling. Hey, I went to Subway and got the turkey sandwich <laughs> with the pepper jack. I went pepper jack. What, is it, baby? what do I care? And John's like. It's like, it's like calling. It's like calling Steve Large and saying, "Hey, Steve, I caught a pass." That, that's great, little guy. That's just great. Where'd you go and what'd you pay for it? I, what, what do you mean? I'm not. Well, first and foremost, I flew Alaska, which is a fine airline that oh, is yeah. a fant- that I am desperate, desperate, desperate for them to come and advertise with me because I would be the most honest endorser they have ever yeah, had in their life. Would, I love that airline. I went down to California. It's an hour and forty-five minute flight, and yeah. I got a first-class ticket because I bought it. Right after the whole gigantic hole inside of plane incident when nobody was flying. There, everything must go except the passenger sale, right? Yeah, that was, that was great marketing. So that's, yeah. the, that's what I, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you what. I never, a lady never tells, John. What are you trying to do to me on the air what, here? What, what flight, which one was it? What time? It was the, like the 7 o'clock, I think. No, it, was, oh, yeah, it got okay. delayed by an hour, which I got a yeah. free dinner voucher for because I was flying first class. <laughs> So Elizabeth is normally on that one. She flies that, and so does um, uh, Molly. That's her you you know the flight, flight crew attack. on that particular I fly, flight? I fly 125,000 miles a year with Alaska. Wait, wow. but I had a I had the guy in the I'm front. I'm just making up those names, okay. Spike. I don't know who's out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's a fiery well, redhead with a degree in art history. And- Speaking <laughs> yeah. of people who are familiar with first-class treatment, former President mm-hmm. Donald Trump made several comments uh, at a convention in regards to his... It was the Black Conservative Federation. Yeah. You know, and, and the Trump campaign is, yeah. is pursuing the African-American vote. They think they're going to have better numbers than they ever have before. John, did you hear mm-hmm. these comments that he made? They're pretty pretty rough. Pretty rough. And <laughs> What's he trying to do? He's trying to relate to the audience? Yeah, yeah, it's really okay. pretty cringe. Can we play a little audio for Mr. Curley? Black conservatives understand better than most that some of the greatest evils in our nation's history have come from corrupt systems that try to target and subjugate others to deny them their freedom and to deny them their rights. You understand that? I think that's why 
the black people are so much on my side now because they see what's happening to me happens to them. Kind of a woke and argument, if right, had, John? If he had just stopped it, they they have been persecuted. Yeah. If he had just stopped right there, that would <laughs> have been know, a great, great statement. <laughs> yes, it would, it would have been. been in recognition of the lifelong generational struggle yeah. of the African-American. Mm. But it's just like right. what they're doing to me. <laughs> coming after me, coming after the well, size of my penthouse. You guys can relate, right? You've got 3,000 square foot penthouse. You understand I, what I'm saying? I, you know, can you imagine if he get up there and he said, I went to Sunday, went to mass every single day at 7.30, when, and then I went to the black mass, and then I, I, I actually was imprisoned with Mandela, and I marched in the civil rights. Yeah, um, yeah. And then also I was raised by Polish Americans, and I was raised by Greek Americans, <laughs> and a rabbi raised me. Yeah. Right? I mean, if I was just trying to relate to the audience and I just made up a bunch of crap, just pulled stuff out of my rear end and just threw it at the audience well, continuously. Now this is like all, Joe Biden. These guy, are all things like Joe Biden, Biden has said. Yeah, I know. I yes. saw what you were doing like, there. This is so. This like, is like, like, something. Does anybody believe that he went to church every day and then he went to the black church on Sundays after he went to the Catholic church? And when they even asked the minister at the church. They don't remember ever seeing him there. Right. So he just makes this stuff up. So he's always trying to relate to the audience somehow. I drove a truck. No, you didn't. <laughs> you know, I was going to be all-star football. No, you weren't. I mean, every he's just that uh, uh, zealot. was the uh, Woody Allen movie where he's just you're always constantly morphing into something. So there's Trump trying to relate to the audience. How many black conservatives were in the room? Like 14? How many people were at that thing? It, it I, was a pretty it thin It was a very, room. yeah, it was yeah. pretty thin. How about his right. comments? Uh, with these well, lights, I can only see the blacks. Yeah. I can't see the good. whites. I can only that's see the good. blacks. So sure. my thought was fearless. this. Why is, fearless. It, why, why is it that we see politics? Politicians constantly putting their foot in their mouths when it comes to the black community. Hillary Clinton did that awful thing on the Breakfast oh. Club where they said, "Well, uh, what do you keep in your bag?" And she goes, oh, "Hot sauce. sauce." We got that right, Andrew. Hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. hot sauce. Oh god. And then you have uh, uh, who was it? It was Nancy Pelosi wearing the the African oh the, 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 the traditional sash or whatever, right. yeah. all kneeling in the Capitol Rotunda, praying, right. praying to Saint Saint George Floyd. Right. Yeah. And then you have and then you have uh, uh, Joe Biden who has corn pop and T bone and his oh. dad looking at him. If you don't vote for me, you're not. Black. Right, exactly. Joe. What, what is it about politicians who don't who don't understand how to talk to Black Americans? You know how you do it, like they're Americans. I don't understand why they do this well, crazy well thing. Said, well, this is the thing. When when I talk to guys, you're like, oh man, I can't get a girlfriend. I, I don't know what's up with girls. I don't know how to talk to girls. I go, you ever try talking to them like they're you know people, like they're your bros? Because that works really well when you just talk to people like they're you know people. You're equal. <laughs> what are you, what are you John, what are you talking about? You don't talk to women like they're your like they're your bros because that's the way that I do it. Yeah, and run that by Laura. See if she likes. See, uh, well, I do Laura. talk to Show Laura. Show of hands, who's single in the room? Oh, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, do I not talk to you like we're bros? Do I not talk to? Do, yeah, dude. Is there is there any? Yeah. Do I have any filter when we're in the pre-show meeting between? Is there any? <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's, that should be your not answer. really. Yeah, you're in the hole right now, Jack. At this point. I'm not in the hole. Stop, well, stop digging. I will say this, though, Jack. Your point about he should just speak to black Americans like they're Americans. Yeah. And the same way you should speak to a woman like they're a person. Exactly. I mean, don't, exactly. Let's, let's not run through a special filter. Be like they're a person because yeah. they are. Because they're a person. <laughs> oh, I missed that part. Thank you, Laura. John, from just mem- clarifying. <laughs> from memory, what's the worst thing you ever heard a politician say? Just from memory. That was the most cringe-inducing, maybe not the most you know, uh, uh, offensive thing, but what was the most embarrassing thing you think you ever heard a politician say? I mean, it's really not as embarrassing because it's just so outright, just completely fabricated and an absolute lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 
unfortunately, I try to block them out. But it's just whenever <laughs> they just try to make stuff up or they slip into some accent. I remember when Hillary went to that church and I've come too far. All that stuff. I just can't stand it. Well, the reason you speak differently is because not to the color of the skin, but to the difference of the cultures. If you have one group of American citizens where you have 77 children, 70 percent of the children are born out of wedlock and one third of adult males have a felony. Well, that's different than if you're going in and speaking to Asian Americans or speaking to Italian Americans mm. or speaking to any other group. No, it's different. They have, you have different, different, different concerns. challenges, yeah, different, different challenges yeah. and different concerns. And yeah. I don't think they want to be placated. And I don't think it's like, what are you going to do for me? Right. You know, you have to address each one of these things because it's different. Each one of these sort of subsets of American culture, Americans' communities are different. So they have different concerns. If you're a poor mom living in New York City, you want vouchers for your school. You want to send your kid to some other school other than the school that are at there. They, there's a long waiting list. But the politicians are too afraid of this, the uh, unions, the teachers unions, to help that mother. So they don't. So that's you know part of how you have to talk to each group that are concerned about different things. My favorite embarrassing moment was when uh, Andrew Weiner got caught oh, in that God. first scandal mm -hmm. oh, and he God. came out and he gave that huge apology i think it was on uh, cbs or it was on one of those shows where he was on the morning show and he was like you guys i have learned my lesson when it comes to impropriety i have learned yeah. that texting interns pictures of myself is wrong and i have vowed to never do it again because i know that that kind of sexual misconduct is not appropriate in the workplace. I've gone to therapy. I've talked to my religious leaders about it, and I promise to never do it again. And then two weeks later, that other intern came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she said, I got I got the receipt. Yeah. That Terrible. was a really, I felt so bad. It was so embarrassing for that man. I but think, these, I think for, for they me, all lie. They all lie. Did, but yeah. the difference is, is that now, like, Joe Biden's still running like someone's going to be able to file. What was that thing you used to have in the 80s? If you want to check something on somebody, you know, like microfiche or something. Oh, yeah. You still tell the same stories. <laughs> but, like, now you can just fact check somebody instantaneously. So that's the thing. They've they got old styles that aren't keeping up with modern technology, and they just keep sort of spinning the tails. Well, what I'm going to watch the gra greatest load of crap. Watch Ted Kennedy responding to um, what was happening and how many times he dove back down to save uh, the poor intern that was... Uh, Capetti, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Chappaquiddick, you know, baby. Yeah. Chappaquiddick, and, and he was swimming upstream for two hours. I mean, oh, my God. What about... Watch that interview. When when Joe Biden said that he saw two men holding hands in 1952, <laughs> and his dad looked down at him and he said, "It's Joey, just, it's just Joey. <laughs> they just love one another." <laughs> it's so By the way, I decided to look that one up. So he was being dropped off at school, but he said, "So my dad was dropping me off at school, and we were out in front of this building, of which building it was." And he mentioned the name of the building where the two men dressed up in suits were getting out to go into this building, and they kissed one another. So I looked to see where his school was in relationship. The building was like 14 miles away. So I thought, does his father drop him off of that building? And then what? Then he walks the 14 miles, I assume, all uphill. Both uphill ways. both ways. Both ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with no shoes uh, in the snow. Yeah, I've been, right. I'm from Scranton. I know. So, yeah. all right. With, with corn pop chasing after him. <laughs> so, so, John, there's these activists in Wedgwood that want to save that cedar tree that's out there and they want to change Seattle tree oversight. It's the same story that we were running. What was it, like eight months ago? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. about that, yeah. 
People hiding August. up. Yeah, yeah, people hiding up in trees and like dew drops running up into trees. And, right, a code name dew right, drop. Chain themselves yeah. to droplet. Tree. Right, droplet. <laughs> yeah. Droplet. So, but John, yeah. the question I want to ask you is that there is there a cause out there that you would chain yourself to physically, or you would put yourself into so that it could not be taken down or removed? Right. So. People no, go up into I'm, a tree. I'm too. I, I'm fortunately. I'm too busy making money, paying taxes, so <laughs> morons like that can sit in trees and get welfare. <laughs> mm. That's a nice way to say. So uh, activism. Well, I, I, John, would you hire someone then to sit There's in that a tree? Does that guy have a job? Does that guy have a job? Does he have anywhere to be? Is he responsible for anything? Does he have a child? Does he have a wife? The person sitting in the tree eight hours a day is not being responsible to anybody other than his own ego. That somehow he's going to feel important because he's sitting in a tree he's not connected to the rest of us in any way we all support this moron by paying our taxes i'm sure he gets all sort of additional you know welfare benefits from all of us going to work every day and doing the stuff we have to do but i would chain myself to my son's hospital bed if i had to because i okay. care and love about him but i mean like a tree or around some nuclear power plant or or protesting oil by the way the same glue i'm using to to uh, glue myself to the floors made of oil. So, <laughs> there was this. Um, so, at, at the college that I went to, there were certain trees that had been marked by the state that could not be cut down. They were right. historic redwood yeah. trees. Yeah. And so, what they did is that in order to ensure that there would never be a mistake made about these trees, is they put a metal pin into these trees. Right? Uh, okay. And so, there was a oh, number. God. And there was a nail that went in about, oh, six to eight inches. Uh-huh. Now, th- this nail did not affect the tree in any way, shape, or form. They, oh, okay. they had been put in in the 70s or at some point okay. in time. Okay. But some kid went out, and there's thousands of them on campus. And you can see the little, it's just a little pendant Marker. on the yeah, side yeah, of the yeah. tree. Yeah. And this somebody decided that they weren't going to, you know, Google it. And they thought that this was some kind of operation to mark the trees to be cut down. So they tried to go around campus with a hammer and, and take pull, the nails, and pull the nails out, not realizing that there's six to eight inch, you know, ten penny nails yeah. that are very difficult to take out. And I remember him going to the student government meeting and trying to partition this idea. We have to save these trees. And the president is just letting him talk and letting him talk and letting him go. He goes on. He takes up his full three minutes that he's allotted. And then the president says, um, those trees will never be cut down. They're meant to be there. And I just remember feeling so embarrassed for that oh. kid. It's this basically the same feeling I have for these activists where it's the intention is good and the idea and the motivation behind it is good. But there are other ways to, to produce your activism, right? There's other ways to enact your activism. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, uh, is the tree on a private property? It is, isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. yeah, it's the same one with the guy in Edmonds that Rance wrote about. That's right. on his private property. That's his tree. He probably, he paid that. He bought that property. He's paying taxes for that thing. Sorry, you can't have yeah, but that tree. Yeah, but that tree makes air that I will breathe. Right? Okay. Right, they, but don't you replace that if tree? If they cut it down, they sure, tra- they have to plant it somewhere else. They right? have to replace it with two no. trees. Oh, two okay. Trees. Yeah, have to replace uh, it with two uh, trees. Yeah, he has to pay for that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so wait, so he's actually the owner of this property is being you know a good human being and saying, well, if I cut down this tree, I will plant two more cedar trees. Right. This fool. No. This guy's a yeah, moron. That, that's, that's the guy in Edmonds. That's a dogwood though in Edmonds. That's a state tree. Okay. You can't do that. Well, we could make a state well, let's, tree. Well, let's make a, a coffee table out of it and give it to, to the you governor. Know, give it to the there governor. On his way it, out. On, yeah. I like this. <laughs> Just like we gave uh, Bill Clinton a, a bowls made out of glass. Yeah. Remember when he full left? of condoms. Yeah. <laughs> a lovely parting gift. <laughs> Spike, thank you for that joke, Spike. Wow, that was, that was wow. a That's nice a one. <laughs> it's gonna have to just 
segue out of this one. Hey, everybody, that was Mr. John Curley. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much, Thanks, my pal. Mr. Curley can be heard every single day between 3 and 7 p.m. with Sherry Elliker, who I'm a big fan of, and Slow Joe. Good old Joe Wallace, right, with his uh, funny in. quips and his excellent... He's got the best stilo. You ever notice Joe is always fresh to death? No, I hadn't. Oh, okay. Well, so what, what is stilo? What is that? His style is fresh. Oh, stilo. Okay. Nora, isn't Joe fresh? It's pretty fresh. Okay, okay. see? There you uh, go. Ca- Rounding well, it fresh. Boomer to Zoomer. I'm, I know what fresh means. Right. I know that Jason Rance is fresh. Okay. I know that G is fresh. Yes. I think Joe looks like he's about two weeks clean. <laughs> no, I wouldn't call that fresh. You know he looks very fresh. Okay, I don't know. Laura, is Joe not fresh? Yes, Joe's fresh. Okay. As I sit here in a bowling shirt I bought from a yeah. Sopranos second <laughs> right. shop. Spike, you come in in bowling shirts three days out of the week with no hoodie, by the way, when Forget it's, about it. when it's 40 degrees it. outside. You come in dressed like Tony Soprano. I've got my winter coat on, okay? <laughs> don't make fun. With loafers, no, no socks. socks. No right, socks does not Frito. work. <laughs> the old country. Right. We'll take a really quick break. When we get back, we are going to be discussing at great length many important things. The most important thing that I will remember to keep my show sheet up on the screen. So with prices up nearly 20% since 2020, shoppers are pushing back by buying less. I don't know. What do you? Oh, how no, you... they're not. They're buying like crazy. Oh, kind of course. Driving. That's what I'm well, saying. What about, um, can we talk about this meat that's not meat? Yeah, I'm going to talk about why lab-made meat will never go into my body. Thank you. And thankfully, yeah, we have a vegan here. Yeah, I was going to say, let's ask Nora what she thinks. We have a vegan who understands the complexities and the ethics that go into the com- consumption of meat. Cool. Right? Yep. So we can go into it at great length okay? when we get back. Nora's okay? Nora's okay. Right after this. Yes, our digital content where Spike and I too much show for three hours. So we go down to the downstairs studio when we make digital content down there. Visual. So the jokes that really uh, that play better with, with a, a visual, visual backdrop. media, yeah. right. So Got one coming today, man. I can't wait. Kind of hard wait. to make visual jokes about lab-made meat. So the Seattle Times has this thing about the future of food in conjunction with another article about how the prices are up nearly 20% and how shoppers keep buying stuff. Isn't consumerism so great? We all get more stuff. Feel Good Incorporated. You know what I'm saying, Spike? <laughs> they, they do. Hey, they do. I feel bad about my life. Should I go talk to a therapist? Should I journal? Should maybe I consider uh, taking some kind of substance to expand my mind? No. I will go buy things with labels because that's what makes me feel good. Called retail therapy, Going to get a little yeah. bit of the old retail therapy. You know it. Works. Treat yourself is what we tell people. We don't <laughs> say to people, let's examine our lives in depth. We don't say to people, let's talk with our friends and loved ones in a deep and philosophic and meaningful way about what does it mean to be a good person who suffers in this existence that we have. We are conscious of our own suffering and at the same time conscious of the suffering of others, which creates this nexus of suffering. What do we do? with all of this big wrinkly brain matter that we have and all of this perception of the universe and all of its various goings on, I'm going to buy a hoodie with a gator on it. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Pick up a nice handbag. Hey, Make I like it. feel better. Good I shoes. Like, hey, you know what makes me feel better? Velveeta mac and cheese. That's going to cure my depression. And then afterwards, I'll get a pair of shoes that are overpriced with a nice swoosh on them. Nice. And that'll let people know that I'm actually a happy person. So lab-made meat is a thing that is now, it's a lab-made meat, it's a meat-rice hybrid. It looks like something that Willy Wonka would have rejected. You know, he would have told the Oompa Loompas, hey, go back to the drawing board on this one, you guys. 
It's a little gross, right? No child is going to want to put this in their mouth, right? Uh, are, are we? Well, I think there's the future of feeding the planet is going to require that we come up with alternative sources for for feeding populations. Why do you say this? Well, because the the amount because we keep making more people. What? We keep running out of space to, have, to have grow grow animals in farms. What? I'm telling you. Uh, I think lab meat's coming. I won't have any. Oh, right. But exactly. the lesser among us. Listen, I, I saw a video today. It's a young man in a country that I shall not name. And okay. he assembles, a he gets a gigantic wooden bowl. And he okay. puts a little bit of water in the bottom of the bowl. Okay. And then he takes it outside and there are termites, the termite drones, the one with the wings on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, And they're flocking in mass because they're looking for a queen. You know what I mean? Because right. the male drones, they when they're looking for the queen... They're going crazy looking for that queen. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So what he does is he puts the bowl under a light source. It's early in the morning, and he starts fanning the drones that are flying into the into bowl. Into the bowl of water. So they hit the water, and then they can't get out. And he does this for several minutes before there's enough in there that the pheromones that they're emitting is, are, will begin to attract the other drones. Does that make sense? Sure. So then he's got several thousand of these bad boys who all thought that they were going to be having a night with the queen. Celebrity hot tub right there. Right. Yeah. And then he puts them in a, a, a wok. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. he oh, deep yeah. fries them and then he eats them, which is a poor way to end your life as a drone who just wanted to meet the queen. You know what I'm talking about? Now you're isn't in someone's that, isn't tummy. Isn't that a metaphor for all dating, though? Don't you think? Really? Yeah, pretty much. Getting eaten, eating alive, and then, you, you know, in a club, suffering. you try to meet somebody nice, somebody substantial, and next thing you know, you're just getting eaten alive. Just getting put into a yeah. bowl full of water and then eaten alive. So thankfully, Nora is in the studio, who's our uh, fill-in producer, and is learning from Laura how to be a producer. And Nora is a self-admitted vegan. Now, what's interesting about this is that this information was not volunteered. We had to ask for it because normally vegans will tell you when you first meet them, mm. I am a vegan. It's the first thing they say to you, right? Uh, I've noticed that. Right. Doesn't matter. Proud. Funeral homes, mm -hmm. airports. Sorry about your dad. I'm a vegan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rush concerts, mm. active volcano. The first thing a vegan <laughs> will tell you is meat is murder. So Nora, can you tell, would you, as a vegan, as our senior vegan correspondent, rice meat that Willy Wonka would burn is this something that you are in favor of as a vegan or not so much? I mean, I think I'm in favor of it existing. I wouldn't eat it, but fair. You know. Fair. Okay. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you eat it? Is it too is it cuz it's too meat like? Well, it is meat. But it's not though. But it's not from an animal. Yeah. So it's, it's ethically still... sourced. Yes. But you're so you're vegan level five, so you don't eat anything yeah. that casts a shadow. Pro right? vegan. You don't. You're yeah. staying away from everything. You even told us that you were so vegan at one point in time that you didn't want to eat honey because that was for the yes. bees, right? Yes, that is true. Okay, so my thought about this when I look at this is, I think I there is so many people out there that require animal protein. We have so much open space in the mm -hmm. United States. We mm -hmm. have, technically speaking, you could take every human being on God's green earth and line them up shoulder to shoulder, front to back, and you could put them all in L.A. County. Did you really? know that? I didn't yeah. know that, really? The entirety of the mass that we make up as human beings goes into L.A. County. So I don't understand why we can't just, you know, have more cows and more chicken and more fish. What, why, is it, why are we now going to, to lab-grown meats? Why? Well, I know one thing that, that Nora spoke of in the pre-show meeting was the, uh, the unethical treatment of farm-raised animals. And a lot of people feel that way. <sighs> A lot of people feel yeah, that way. No, I get it. I, I've seen the videos. They're horrific. It's very sad. And also, at the same time, those the mega corps like Tyson and all, mm -hmm. I don't buy meat from them because I think it's it's gross, right? 
Well, I, that, that's a luxury. You have the ability to make that choice. Like someone feeding their family on a tight budget is going to get anything they can get cheaper. It is cheaper to buy skinned and boned chicken thighs, which is what I buy, mm-hmm. than it is to buy a bag of the frozen, deep-fried Tyson chicken tenders, right? It is cheaper sure. to do that. Okay. There's a myth out there that it's expensive to eat healthy. This is a bizarre myth that we throw at people. But free-range eggs cost three times as much as just, you know, mad in a cage where you can taste the fear and anger in the egg. Well, but, I mean, chickens make eggs like crazy, and chickens are also easy to raise, right? So you could have ch- – chickens don't need a whole lot of upkeep. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, I, I hear you. They don't, but you also they also don't want them like where they can't turn around. I agree. They I can't agree. move. I agree. That, that eight-by-six box there, of chicken is born and raised ways, and dies There's ways to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that the pink meat-rice combo the is ooze, the ooze, the, ooze, yeah, the, the goo. Pink, pink, ugh, it's pink very slime. reminiscent of what the Ghostbusters were trying to stop yes, from taking yes. over New York. Yeah, but now we're selling it to people. But now we're selling it to people. It seems horrible. It was all the bad vibes. No, no one in here has seen Ghostbusters 2, except for Nate Connors. Has anybody seen, Nora, have you seen Ghostbusters 2? Is that a recent one? Okay, Laura, have you seen Ghostbusters <laughs> <No>. 2? <laughs> it was just the all-women all One. right, Andrew, have you seen Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> I heard too? it wasn't very good, so I didn't watch it. Uh, Nate Connors, please tell me that you, my friend, have seen Ghostbusters 2. Yes? Uh, what? Have you seen Ghostbusters 2? No. Okay. We're, we're Bill, I, well, Bill Murray and Scorny Weaver had a child. Come on, you guys, really? Jack, it's just you and I on this one. I can't. Why am I surrounded by the uncultured, Spike? This is the thing. I well, just don't understand. You have, you have a clear mission to raise them up and to give, show them the way. I make to bring them into the light. I just made a movie reference that if I had said this when Carson was on the air, it would have killed. It wild, would have destroyed wild stuff. <laughs> wild, wild stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, this is these are references that most people. I would assume that most people. I'm not referencing like I don't know Jean Luc Godard. Do you know what I mean? Right, no, I, I'm well, referencing the Bill Murray. Of the Enterprise, right? <laughs> Oh, that's Picard. Sorry, Picard. I'm not referencing, you know, I'm not referencing Battleship Potemkin. Right. I'm referencing Ghostbusters. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I hear you. I'm not referencing Akira Kurosawa. Right. I'm. Re- this is Harold Ramis, Bill yeah, Murray. But, right. But to be fair, there was one that was all women. Laura was right, and there's a new one that Nora was talking about. That's got the kid from, uh, what was it uh, uh, Stranger Things? That kid's in the new Ghostbusters with Paul Rudd. Right. And it's, right? And it's trash. That's it's, right. That's why we go back to one and two. This is what I'm saying, you guys. So we got we to gotta create a mandatory watch list. And so what I need people to do is text me the mandatory watch list that I need to give to all these uneducated individuals that we're present with. So far on this list, we have Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. Trading places for Laura. Right. And Mad, right? Mad Max Beyond all, Thunderdome. Yes, Beyond Thunderdome. Absolutely. So those are the three that we have Even, so let's far. Let's start them with Road Warrior. Can't watch Mad Thunderdome if yeah, you haven't seen Road really, Warrior. Really, you got to start with Road Warrior. You might want to skip the original Mad Max with it subtitled in English. You, yeah, you know, the yeah, accent yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You might want to skip number two. Look at these two. They're like, what the hell? I know. Oh, these I'm, dinosaurs. I'm, I'm sounds like gibberish. I'm, to me. I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching two young women just glaze it's like over. Anthropology and class again. Okay. Undeveloped man. Or a bad date. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Wow. Thanks, yeah. Laura. Thanks for that one. That makes me feel good about myself. Thirty-six single. Hey, you guys know this movie reference? Nope, old man. Hey, we got to take you back to the home, oh, my old phone, man. My dog, my dog watcher yeah, has to go. I have geez. to leave now. All right, oh, we'll no. take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Spike. 
So if you're just joining us, remember to subscribe and, and like and comment on our YouTube channel, or you could dislike. It doesn't really make any difference because all the engagement is good. Really, the, if you if you if you don't want it, really the the worst thing you could do for us if you wanted to get revenge on us is just not go there at all, right? Yeah, but nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do yeah, that. So that's a funny thing about it is when we get the comments that are a little sharp. I just go, ah, thanks, thanks for, thanks for the engagement. Yeah. Thank you. So earlier in the show, uh, by the way, the YouTube channel is called the Jack and Spike show. It's separate from the Cairo radio uh, YouTube channel because we have our own content. Earlier in the show, I made a joke and it was a fantastic joke. It was a it was a real banger, as the kids like to say. <laughs> it slapped, as the kids like to say. And at this exact moment when I was making this joke, Spike felt as if he needed to look at his cellular telephone. Now, Spike would later admit to me that the reason that he pulled out his cellular telephone is because his lovely wife, the truly unpleasant Mrs. O'Neill, was texting him ad nauseum. Yeah. And truly, the truly unpleasant Mrs. O'Neill. There she is again. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. There it is. So, are you off the, yet? But the thing Not is, yet, is that, uh, Spike and I have a policy because Spike has, you got two kids, you got your wife. Right. And so I don't mind if Spike has his phone in the studio because Spike's dad. And so sometimes dad's got to do dad stuff, right? Yeah. So I, for me, it makes no difference. Sweet of you. But uh, Spike, it, normally when Spike checks his phone, it doesn't matter. But at this particular junction, I had just said a joke, which was maybe the hallmark of the show in terms of jokes. <laughs> And I look right at Spike about three quarters of the way through the delivery and I go, oh no. And then the joke lands flat, which is a real shame. Yeah. Because I have synaptic flashes on a regular basis and sometimes they're like thunderstorms yeah. and a joke comes out that is so good and such a banger, as the kids like to say. It slaps, right? Yeah. It's giving, as some people like to say. It's going to be a great joke. I'll just build up to it, I can tell you. <laughs> and the heartbreak and disappointment that I experienced, Spike, is. Immense. My heart shattered into a million pieces. I could tell. The look in your eyes, it hurt me. I know. How much right. I hurt you. So, Laura, do you want to set up the context of this joke for us? Oh, man. Well, I could. Uh, I, have... <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. So, you're talking about. Uh, uh, here. Well, I can, I can play. I can play yeah, okay. like what led yeah. up to it a yeah, little yeah. bit. Yeah, play, yeah. play a little bit. Of it. President Trump gave a one and a half hour speech that night. Everybody's bringing up the one sentence that he made. Okay. Listen, I did a three-hour radio show. I made one ethnic accent, Brian. I did one ethnically-based accent. Is it really that bad? So the context for this was earlier in the show, Spike... Made an ethnic I, I joke. Paraf I paraphrased the dialogue from the Harlem Globetrotters theme song. Right. It's, it's quite ethnic. Right. So I said that joke, and then I look over at you, expecting you to burst out into laughter. And what did I get, Spike? What did I get? Silence. Crickets. Silence from my friend and my radio partner, a man who I am proud to work with, a man who usually laughs at my jokes. Is there anything more awkward than when you deliver a joke and nobody laughs? Nobody laughs. It's Isn't dead. that so weird? Yeah, I know. It's so That's happened like three or four times today, and I, I feel like maybe maybe I've, the, like Mercury is in retrograde or something, because I've said like three or four jokes. And your biorhythms weren't clicking? Yeah, there's something that's... It definitely is, because I'm not sleeping well, and my mom isn't either. Right. There's some, Mercury's it's for solar sure. Flares. It's the solar no, flare. solar flares. There have been record solar flares this week. I mean, massive solar flares. Did you know, I once met a woman at a coffee shop, and she was an acquaintance of a friend of mine and she recognized me and she said oh jack i didn't actually know her her f name really and then she oh i know so and so I go, oh okay and she immediately sits down now this woman is the kind of woman she's wearing like 
everything is a various shade of purple. She's got the big wooden therapist bracelets on. I know the type. She's wearing a huge necklace, like a huge, like almost like a like a, a kind of a gold chain type necklace. Okay. But at the very end of it is a pair of her spectacles. And she's very flowy, very hippie-ish, mm-hmm. right? So she'd be she'd be the lady who's at the front row of a Grateful Dead concert yeah. about 40 years ago. Day right? job she teaches at Hogwarts. Exactly. Yeah. So she sits down, and without my invitation, by the way, and we start talking, we start chatting. And then she's asking me about my life and the radio show and blah, 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 blah. And I'm trying to f- basically shoo her away because I want to be left alone. And then she goes, I'm picking up, I'm picking up something strange about your aura out of nowhere. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll bite. And I said, what's weird about my aura? She then sticks out her hands and makes a silhouette of my body with her hands almost like in a Jedi-like yeah, yeah, motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's, she's like, reading oh. you. She goes, oh, you're, you're, you're a, uh, what's the phrase? You're a, 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 a velvet child. You're a, <laughs> what? You're, an in, you're an indigo child. And she goes, and your indigo is in flux right now, but she's doing this motion. Okay. Now I am hyper aware of the fact that everybody in this coffee shop is now watching this woman basically dress me down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's doing this to me and she's not aware of it because she's totally locked in with me. And I was filled with shame and regret over that entire experience. Really? She's, try- she's trying to give you the gift of her insight into your aura. She was making stuff up because she wanted to talk to me. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was giving her the benefit of the but doubt. But this is my point. That, that it, I'm sure that for some people that is a very real world, that that's a very authentic world, auras and essences and mm-hmm. whatnot. Nora, are you into this kind of stuff? Peripherally. Okay. Your chakra All right. kind of Chakras, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. But for me at the time, I was not so much in tune with it. Laura, you know what I'm talking about, right? These kinds of women? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've grown up on the West Coast. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, but at the same time, there was something so uncomfortable about someone. It's basically the it's the equivalent, social equivalent of a man saying to a woman, uh, maybe you should smile more. You look better when you smile. Do you know what I mean? It's really, really uncomfortable to have someone tell you your auras are out of alignment. I'm sorry you lived through that. Thank you. I, mean, I appreciate horrible. it. Have you never had an experience like that with a hippy dippy person? No, no, you know, no. I don't. Uh, we had our auras read once on air. Okay. We had somebody come in and read our auras, and they're like, "Oh, yours, your auras are all right around your throat." <laughs> I'm like, well, I talk for a living. Good guess there, Carnap. You know, nice job. They see like an orange ball around your throat. I got high before the show. You think it's residue? What do you, I don't know. What do you think? Okay. I, I've never been a big karma, read my chakra kind Have of person. Have you ever had this done, Laura? I, uh, I profiled a psychic who also did energy healing, mm. and I, I sat in on an energy healing class, which I thought I was going to learn how to energy heal, and it turned out that I was not qualified for that level oh. of energy healing. Oh, And my. so instead, I was the guinea pig for other energy healers mm. to work on me. The dark arts. They hovered over parts of my body that are not appropriate to uh, speak about on air. <laughs> right. And I, I left feeling... Weird, um, but aligned. But aligned. <laughs> Andrew, A plus today, my friend Nate Connors. What is is that? The Cairo fitted hoodie. Absolutely you got on? proud to wear. Dang, dude, back at it again. That's, mm. that's an extra medium. He's only got a bunch of wear. Bits. <laughs> Nate Connors, Laura, A plus, Nora, A plus. Great job, Spike. Go give you solid C. You missed the joke. Oh, you're you're con- you're bad. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm thinking that's a charity. Solid no, no, C. no, 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 no. That's no? that's okay. the, that's an earned. Thanks, brother. Strong C, border C plus. Thanks. But you missed the bonus question. Yeah, I can play in this weekend's game. <laughs> Here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Now when I go into Brian's office, I'm going to say, fire, fire that. that. <laughs>